How are we doing today, Wolfpack fans? This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports, the only student-ran sports podcast here on campus. We've been away. We've been busy. Friday was a little bit busy. How was your day off on Friday, Tyler? It was very nice. Yeah? Um, yeah, it was very, very nice, but I missed doing the podcast. I know. Me too. I had to... Uh, Travel down to San Luis Obispo. Very nice this time of year, by the way. If you oh, ever... really? Yeah. In the uh, winter? The win- uh, yeah, the winter. It's not bad. It's way warmer than it is here. <laughs> that is for dang sure. But uh, we got a good episode now that we are back and rocking and rolling. We have a quick football update just about the brawl. We able to break down that. And then we have women's and men's basketball. And then pack player of the week. Kind of uh, slow news week this week. But yeah. it's going to be good. But we're here. But we're here and we're ready to rock and roll. Stay tuned, guys, and we will be right back. And we're back, ready to rock and roll. Like I said, just a few announcements. If you guys have not seen on social media, we are now affiliated with uh, the Nevada Sagebrush. So let's give a little round of applause. Give a little, and uh, yeah, so we're now affiliated with the Nevada Sagebrush. They liked what we were doing over here. They came to me and was like, "Yeah, we'd like to make Pack Center the number one, the only sports podcast for the Nevada Sagebrush." So I was thought it was a good idea, and we're now affiliated with them. So uh, shout out to the Nevada Sagebrush for letting us join their group and what they've been doing over there. But now um, the football suspensions have been handed down. We saw that from the Mountain West. Have you heard anything about the UNLV side of it, though? Yes, I did. Because oh, I, I saw yet it. to see it. So I saw a tweet, and it said that UNLV Because that one player had, has to be suspended. Yeah, the one he, that's got, swaying, he like, got two games. Okay, two games, and so they don't— So two games next year. He's not a senior, I'm guessing. Yeah, he got two games. Where did Obviously, I they're not in a bowl it? game. Yeah, but um, so see if I can find it. I doubt I'll be able to find it. But Well, on our side, real quick— Austin Arnold, obviously, we get him back next year. He is suspended for um, the bowl game coming up and then one game next year. Daniel Brown and Husuna Sakona are both seniors. They get one game suspension. So they will, they're done. Nevada, they're done with their Nevada Wolfpack career. So thank you to Daniel Brown and Husuna Sakona. But um, we're, they're not going to be able to play in the um, Idaho Potato Bowl, the famous. Idaho potato bowl. Yes. And that actually really hurts the Daniel Brown suspension. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, but when we break down everything um, for that game in a couple weeks, we'll be able to highlight that. But that really hurts. And then Gabe Sewell, who is playing his last game in the silver and blue at the famous Idaho potato bowl, uh, gets one half suspension. So he'll be able to play in the second half of that game. Another big blow, though. Yeah. On our de- on, you know, on defensive side of the ball. So... Um, not good at all. Did, what what did uh, UNLV get? So Giovanni Fallo Sr. Is that the dude that hit th- swinging the helmet? I think so. Okay. Is two games. Uh, Evan Austri and Noah Bean a game, and then Justin Paulu for a half game. So the exact like same suspensions. We yeah, get. basically. Two game or one two game suspension, two one game suspension, and then a half game suspension. Yeah. So. Um, which I'm kind of surprised by because technically we did start it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and it's interesting in the article, too, because you mentioned they're not in a bowl game. Austria and Bean, the two one-game suspensions, mm-hmm. have both, like, exhausted their eligibility. So, obviously, they're not coming back. So, now 
the Mountain West says it defers to UNLV for appropriate disciplinary action. Wow. And then Fowler was the junior captain that, that swung his helmet in the end zone. And that's two-game suspension. And that's the two-game, yeah. Are you ki- so, so UNLV can basically choose if they want to suspend yeah. like a backup long snapper for, two, for a game, they could. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah. But it's because it's up think, to UNLV. Yeah, because I think, I mean, I think the Mountain West is hoping they do something with right, those players, but right, at this right, point right. it's like, what can you really do if... Oh, so they have to discipline those players, yeah. but they're not even... Yeah, but wow. they have no, right, like, nothing to really hold over their head at this point. Steve Jenkins has also been issued a public reprimand for violations of Mountain West Rule 4 uh, sportsmanship. Uh, he scored the game-winning touchdown, ran past the oh, bench, yeah, taunting yeah. Right, uh, right. players and coaches and stuff like that. So he did, just got did, a public reprimand, and then uh, that was it. Did Oblad get anything? Oblad didn't get no, anything. No, no. In this tech, article, it doesn't you know, say. Austin Arnold did punch him, but technically he was like in his, you know, he was yeah, in his face. He was, so I was, I was expecting I'm surprised something. he didn't get that like public reprimand right. as well if the receiver got it for taunting. I think, you know, Oblad was right behind him and doing it. So Interesting. Um, very interesting, yes. Well, now that that's out of the way, we'll be able to preview that um, Ohio game in a couple weeks. We still have a while. Yeah, what is it, January 3rd? That's the game? Yeah. So we it's have one a while. Of the, it's one of the, yeah, it's, I know it's one of the really late ones. But it is coming. Don't worry. That preview is coming, ladies and gentlemen. But let's move on to the two, only two sports have been playing so far. Yeah. I know track and field are about to start up, and... I believe there's one more that I'm just blanking on, but track and field Swim and the dive? ones. Yeah, but I don't think they start right. I think they have a while. Like January, February yeah, type I, thing. Yeah, I don't think That's they. That's what I thought too. But I think track and field start their indoor stuff soon. So we'll be able to obviously recap that when it happens and let you guys know how they're doing. But women's basketball. After the two games this past week, we are now 5-4. and four. Definitely not the start we envisioned, but Definitely not horrible either. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, there's definitely, you could look at both sides of this. We beat the team that we were definitely supposed to beat this past week in Stanislaus State. Uh, last Tuesday, we took them on in the When I Grow Up game, which was a huge hit, like always, mm-hmm. as we expected. We won 80-62 to 62 in front of a season-high 3,800 fans that packed into Lawler. Uh, we were hot from the start. We shot 49%, hit seven three-pointers in the game, which was the second most this season. The lead in this game for Nevada was built in the first half with the defense only allowing Stanislaus State to shoot 25% from the field. We also forced 17 turnovers, so great from the uh, offensive side and the defensive side. Amani Lacey, though, we'll be able to talk about her in just a little bit, had the biggest game of her career in the silver and blue, recording her first double-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, Essence Booker, and Michaela Mayo both added 12 points, combining to go 11 for 17 from the field. Jacqueline Nakai also tied her season high with nine points. Like I said, this made us, before the Utah game, 5-3 and three on the season. But Amani Lacey had a hell of a game. I mean, double-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, kind of doing everything for the Wolfpack. And then Essence Booker and Michaela Mayo also contributed in this game. But... Like we said, this was a game that we were supposed to win. We did win it handily. Even on the rebounding side of things, though, even on the boards was kind of interesting. We haven't been able to break away from, like, a really huge rebounding game. But the people that are supposed to be rebounding the ball well are, 
I mean, we have Nia Alexander with six rebounds on the day, Amani Lacey with 10. Uh, Marguerite Effa only with four. You would like to see that go up a little bit, but she contributed on the points end of things with seven points as well. A good all-around game. I mean, like we've been seeing from the team in the past, just a bunch of people contributing to the point line to get us to that uh, 80 mark. And all in all, it was a great game. And what we were supposed to do against Stanislaus State, we did. Uh, what did you see from this game? Who impressed you the most uh, before this before we recap this Utah game? I mean, Imani Lacey stepping up was definitely something big that, you know, uh, we'd like to see. But, I mean, this was just a complete game for the pack. I mean, the only downside to this is 10 assists off of, uh, let's see, 30 made field goals. Right. You'd like to see that number maybe trickle up a little bit. But other than that, you know, I think we played an all-around solid game. Our defense was stout, as always, as it's been stout, mm-hmm. you know, through the first part of this uh, young season. So, holding uh, Stanislaus State to 33% from the field. I think that's a W in our book. Anytime you can hold the team under like 35% for the whole game, I think that's something, you know, that's definitely attributed to defense as well as, you know, just they're not having the best day. But like you said, just a complete game. Everyone kind of pitching in in this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, You see Sammy get some minutes, which is always good to see the senior. So uh, really complete game, and I think they had a little bit of momentum uh, when they traveled to Utah for sure. Yeah, and that's been kind of the – you know, the recipe of this season was we play stout defense. We've been playing some really good defense as of late. I mean, as of since the season really started, we've been playing some good defense. And if this offense decides to step up and we find, you know, a number two, a number three person to really back Essence Booker and put some points on the board, this is going to be a successful season. We know that for sure. But then we did travel to Utah on Saturday. Uh, Close game. Wow. I didn't think we were going to win. But, I mean, I was expecting to be close, but I didn't think we were going to win. And uh, it came down to the the wire. I mean, yeah. we were up until we went scoreless. I think it was the last... Like, minute. Min- yeah, minutes. 50 something. Right. And uh, a one for, like, we ended the game, like, one for 15 from the field. So a couple more breaks go our way at the end of the game, and we win this game against a very good Pac-12 team in Utah. But we uh, we took to the road. It was a tough road game. Like you said, back and forth game. Uh, no team exceeded a nine-point lead throughout the contest. 16 lead changes. A strong first quarter from the pack. Utah responded, took a one-point lead into halftime. Uh, stout defense again, as we've been seeing in the third, holding Utah to no points for almost six minutes in that third quarter. Our lead increased to nine. This is where I thought we had it. I was yeah. like, dude, third quarter, we have our lead by nine. Our defense is playing amazing. I thought we had it at this point. Uh, the Utes would cut the lead to only two before the start of the fourth. Fourth quarter was rough, though, especially watching that game. It was uh, it was pretty rough. Uh, we shot only 23% from the field. Couldn't hold on to the lead. Final score was Utah 68, Nevada 62. It was a closer game than that six-point margin just because of the, the fouls at the end of yeah. the game. But an amazing game, honestly. An amazing game, and we have another tough one coming up. But Essence Booker, leading scorer, 15 points. She had three rebounds and two assists. Amani Lacey, another big game, 13 points, four rebounds. Marguerite Effa was the only other pack player to be in double figures with 12 points. What I take away from this game is, one, our defense. How we've been able to play very, very, very stout defense and making it uncomfortable for other teams. I mean, you look at... Utah, they had 21 turnovers. We forced 21 turnovers 
in this game. We had 12 steals, as we've been seeing. I think that was the what was that? What it wasn't the exhibition game. It was the was it the first regular season game we had like 20 steals or was that the that was that game? was the exhibition game against just I mean, yeah. but even 12 steals against a Pac-12 team like Utah is very impressive. Just very very stout defense. By the end of the game, though, Utah was shooting 48% from the field. Yeah. But that was accredited to the third and fourth quarter. But all in all, like you've been saying, is Amani Lacey the the number two here? I, I mean, she's been she's making a pretty big case of she should be the go-to person down low, and she should be the person that if Essence Booker's not feeling it, we got to feed Amani Lacey. Yeah, I think over these last two games, she's really like kind of stood out and proven herself. Obviously, the double double right. against Stanislaus State, and then she has thirteen re- or thirteen points, four rebounds in this game. So you know she's really stepping up uh, when we need it to, and she's slowly starting to kind of emerge as that number two. Yeah, you see Marguerite if I have another big game, but she Marguerite's kind of been on and off with her games, uh, just depending on the matchups and stuff. But Amani Lacey seems like she could be that down low threat that we've been looking for, uh, that we've been calling for on this podcast week in and week out. So hopefully she's you know keeps playing this well and um, stepping up to the bar like she has because she's been playing amazing so uh, so far this season. Well, we're we're able to force turnovers, we're able to play great defense. But then when you look at the offense side of the offensive side of the ball, and this has been, I mean, what we've been saying week in week out. We it, when we can't score the ball, it's going to be a long game for us. We have we had thirty six percent from the field in the entire game, twenty eight percent from deep. If we just score a couple more baskets, we win this game, and that's what's st- so frustrating is because we see this team perform day in and day out, and it seems we can't get these wins just because of our offensive productivity. I don't know if it's play calling or if it's just our players not stepping up. But, um, I mean, you see Essence Booker, she had 15 points, but not an efficient day from the field at all. Six for 16 from the field, three for seven from beyond the arc. She couldn't get to the free throw line at all. She had five fouls, three rebounds. I mean, an all right day for her, even though she did have 15 points. It was really Imani Lacey and uh, Marguerite Effa stepping up on the other side of things and uh, helping out on the offensive side of the ball. But all in all, a great game against Utah. Four years in a row, four losses, but I thought this was going to be the year to turn this thing around. And uh, we don't get a break, man. We we ha- we have a – well, technically we have a break till Friday. <laughs> but we don't have a break in the quality of teams that we are playing against because we are going to be playing at USC on Friday, 6 p.m., and we'll have that full preview come Friday before that. But a huge game, though. I mean, if we can beat this USC team, that, that will make a statement to the rest of the Mountain West. And it'll be kind of cool to see Marguerite Effa going back to her school where she spent so many years at. And um, just an all-in-all huge game. Even if we don't beat USC, if we play well, it's still a win. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this USC team hung with a Texas A&M team that's six in the country. Right. You know, lost by 10 a week or so ago, I think, to uh, Texas A&M. So, you know, this team is no slouch. You know, they're they're five and three in the season. They got some good players. They like to, you know, run a lot of off-ball picks down low mm-hmm. um, and watching some highlights and us doing some research this week. But obviously the full breakdown coming on Friday. Right. But, yeah, this, this would be a really good win, a quality road win road against win, a yeah. really quality team. And like you said, I think the Utah game was, you know, we had um, Alyssa Jimenez bank in a three with like 50 seconds to play to bring us within three. So yeah. we're right there in striking distance with yep. these good Pac-12 teams. 
like you said, just a couple more, you know, baskets go our way. And it also hurts that Utah shot 50% from beyond the arc. You know, that's something that is kind of more of a tribute to them, you know, having a hot day. Uh, So if they miss a couple of those, we make a couple baskets here and there. We easily walk away from Utah with the win. But, you know, just a couple things didn't fall our way. It's something to keep an eye out, though. The fourth quarter struggles. We saw it against Utah. We saw it last week where they, you know, went scoreless in the six minutes in the fourth and then ended up Against losing. Air Force? Yeah, yeah, against Air Force. Right. So something to keep an eye out for. Uh, can this team close out games right. um, down the stretch? Um, obviously not a super big factor right now, you know, a very small sample size to start the season, but uh, something to keep an eye out for the rest of the season. But, yeah, USC is going to be a fun one, and I'm actually really excited to, you know, watch that game. Definitely. And this USC team is a team that just whooped on UNLV by 21 points. So that will be interesting to watch, see how we can fare against a team that just whooped on the little brothers down south. So we'll be able to uh, preview that game on Friday. But I think ultimately this is a team that's on the brink of something really special, and I think Amanda Levins is going to have her team playing their best brand of uh, basketball come later in the year when we're in the bulk of the Mountain West schedule. So uh, getting these tough losses out of the way and then playing better basketball down the road. Speaking of tough losses, oh god, do we even want to? Yeah, I was going to say, do we talk about this or do we just kind of leave it? to the fans' yeah. imagination. I mean, they all know what happened yeah. on, uh, when was that, Tuesday? Yeah. or No, Wednesday. 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 We all know what happened. No, it was Tuesday, December 10th, Tuesday. It was Tuesday? Oh. Yep. And uh, we all know what happened. We lost really, really majorly <laughs> to uh, a decent BYU team, but um, we're now 7-4 and four on the season. We lost to BYU on Tuesday, 75-42, to 42. By far the worst loss of the season. By far the worst game we have played this year. Uh, it was tough watching that game. I mean, we were at home watching it, and um, yeah, it was tough. That was that was a first game in a long time where I wanted to turn the TV off. Yeah, and um, and that doesn't happen often. So by far the worst loss of the season. We could not put the ball in the hoop to save our lives. We shot twenty four percent. From the field, what was our three? We shot three for 23 from beyond the arc. Yeah. I mean, absolutely abysmal. Our leading scorer, Jalen Harris, went five for 20 from the from the uh, field. I mean, five for eight from the free throw line. It's not even, I mean, that's not even yeah. that good either. We couldn't get to the free throw line, only made it, only went 12 times, out rebounded by, what was that, 18? Yeah, it was just not good. We shot 17% in the second half. Despite that, like, not a good first half at all, we were only down 12 going into the half. And that was attributed to our defense. We shot, or uh, we shut down Yoli Childs in the first half. I think he had, like, four, six points or something like that um, before they exploded into exploded this, into the second half and uh, just put us away. Uh, no one could score. Out-rebounded by 12. This is a good BYU team. They just beat the best Mountain West school preseason obviously not now uh utah state by four uh this past saturday and while we can kind of take some positives away this game was embarrassing was it not yeah no i 100 percent agree i mean we shot 24 percent, 13 percent, and then 58 percent from the line and then to have byu just run all over us it seemed like they couldn't miss they played amazing defense too so give them credit on the defensive yep. end you know, even the announcers are talking about it. You know, they really shut down Jalen Harris, and that's a very tough environment to play in mm-hmm. um, in BYU. 
But yeah, I think this is this is kind of a slap in the face. This is like the Davidson game. I really didn't think another game would be like the Davidson game this year, but this, in my opinion, was worse. Yeah, definitely. Um, we just we just got smacked. I mean, Jake Tools and one of the players that we said we had to shut down. He went five from nine from three, led mm-hmm. the team with 15 points. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, we did do a good job on Yoli Childs though. in the yeah. first half. I think he did have only like four points yeah. on like I want to say two of like. 10 shooting oh yeah he was um, it was horrible for him it was really bad in the first half then he just his second half he started to find his rhythm they started to get down low and that's when we kind of knew it was going to be put mm-hmm. away tj haas having another good game another player we needed to stop they're kind of big three just went off and ours really didn't do much Lindsay with 10 jazz with eight jazz went three for 13 yeah. from the field one mm-hmm. from eight from three i mean just not a pretty game for us some I don't know if there's a lot of positives you can take from this game. The team kind of looked defeated. They looked like they stopped playing at halftime. But it was just a bad loss. And I agree. It was one of the games where we said, you know, do we keep watching after this third quarter right. or do we yep. even, you know, bother? Right. Yeah. And, and Yoli Childs was averaging 20 points coming into this game. And he only had 14. When he finished with 14 on the night, 5 for 13 from the field. So almost equally as bad as our players from the field. Four personal fouls. Uh, he couldn't get anything going, so our defense was kind of a bright spot in this game. But you look at, I mean, like across the board, like you said, Jazz three for thirteen, one from one for eight from from beyond the arc. I mean, absolutely atrocious. I don't think I've seen Jazz shoot one for eight yeah. since he's been here at Nevada. Um, Nizre one for seven from the field. Kane Milling one for five. Zane Meeks zero for three. I don't think I've seen a pack team shoot collectively this bad from the field. So. The offense is a little concerning, and I think we can boil it down to having zero productivity in our front court because people just shut down our shooters. They just shut down the three-point line. They just shut down what, you know, Jazz and Jalen pretty much. It's going to be a long game for our offense because we don't have anyone to feed to down low. So unless we get that figured out, I think it's going to be a long season because BYU just gave the rest of the Mountain West kind of a template on how to easily beat this team. Yeah, it was very disappointing and we'll be able to see if they come out fired up against Texas Southern, who we play Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at Lawler. Tickets are only like 5 bucks right now. Ooh. So if you want to see the pack come out fired up and beat a all-right, I'll say, Texas Southern team, get out to Lawler at 7 p.m. It's $5 to get in the door and watch this pack team, who has been very, very exciting and fun to watch up until that BYU game. <laughs> so, Texas Southern currently 3-6. and six. Their three wins have come against some really, really mediocre teams. Western Kentucky, Lamar University, and Concordia. Never heard of that last one before. Concordia. didn't I, I mean, guessing D2, D3. Where's it at? Concordia. Let's play. Let's play. I'll, I'll look it up right now. We'll play a little trivia. Concordia University is located in Buffalo. Oh. Yep. Um, incorrect. Dang it. No, okay. There's like three of them. There, so there's there's one in Portland, one in Texas, which I'm assuming that's the one they played. One in Chicago, Irvine, St. Paul. Okay, this this has to be. This, <laughs> there's, there's something there's wrong like, here. There's like 80 Concordia <laughs> yeah. universities. But they played a, a pretty bad team. They beat them by, I think it was 85 to 47. They took care of business, and that was their last game before – coming to Reno 
They have a Ken Palm rating of 269. They also, fun fact, rank 269th in team offense. Ooh. So kind of consistency. weird. Yeah, consistency is right. Consistency in a bad way. Did you see? What, did you find out where? Yeah, so one? it was the one in Texas. Okay, that they okay. Beat. So my my so. my guess from Buffalo was a little off, but just yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. It's all right. But we're really familiar with this. Well, maybe not Texas Southern, but people on Texas Southern. Uh-huh. Uh, Johnny Jones, the head coach at Texas Southern. He was the head coach at LSU. After that stint at LSU, he came over to the Wolfpack and was the associate head coach for that 2017-2018 uh, season. Son John Jones was also on the Wolfpack that same season and then followed uh, his dad to Texas Southern where he plays now. So we'll be able to see uh, both Johnny Jones and John Jones when they come back to Lawler. That'd be kind of cool. And they also played Arkansas earlier this year. So oh. they got to say hi to uh, our old friend, Eric Musselman, <laughs> <laughs> old old buddy. Texas Southern is allowing teams to shoot 33% from beyond the arc. That is good for 210th in the country. But their last two games, like I've been saying, it was uh, completely different stories. Gonzaga, they played pr- arguably probably the best team in the country right now. The AP polls. Number two. Yeah, their AP, the AP polls just came out. Gonzaga's number two. But there's a strong argument to be made that they are the number one team in the country. So they lost to them 101-62. to 62. Uh, They allowed Gonzaga to shoot 53% from the field. They had Gonzaga had seven players in double digits that game. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> unreal. Out-rebounded by 19, had 18 turnovers. Uh, remember that turnover stat that will come in handy later against Concordia, who, which is now, lo- we know, is located in Texas. They won 85-47, to so absolutely blew them out, held them to just 27% shooting. Texas Southern shot 50% from the field, but they did turn over the ball drastically with 15 turnovers against a horrible Concordia team. They rank 300 and 47th in the country. There is 353 NCAA Division I was going to say, that's very close to Basketball last. programs. On the NCAA website, where they do statistics, they only take 350. So they are 347th in the country. They're averaging 18 turnovers per game. I mean, talk about opening up a bakery, dude. They are horrible. 18 turnovers per game. That'll be something that we'll be able to... Uh, take advantage of when they come to Lawler on Wednesday. One person to look out for would be Yayuza Reses. Rosses? Rosses. Yayuza Rosses. Six foot seven forward, averaging around 12 points per game, seven rebounds per game. In their last three games, he has been their go to guy, their go to scorer down low. It'll be kind of hard to stop him, especially with our front court the, uh, playing the way they are. I would suggest putting Robbie or Zane on him and see what they can do, see if they can stop him. But this is not a very good Texas Southern team at all. We should be able to take care of business come Wednesday, take advantage of their turnovers, take advantage of their really bad offense, and maybe our offense will be able to come out hot and kind of upset about the BYU game and kind of take it to this Texas Southern team. How do you think this game is going to go? It's a good question because – it's what Nevada team are we getting? Are we getting a team right. that shoots, you know, 50% from the field, or are we getting BYU-Nevada, which can't shoot at all? Right. Um, and I think that actually plays a really big factor in this game. I think if we shoot poorly like we did against BYU, not obviously as poor because that's just a crazy off night yeah, for the whole team. Definitely. But 
I think if we shoot poorly, this could be a closer game than people think. I mean, I have us winning this game because I can't have us. I can't see us losing against Texas Southern. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Texas Southern could hang in there for a little bit if we do start slow. But I have us winning this game probably by ten. My score prediction: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a lower scoring game because I don't think we start out very hot. I'm gonna say sixty-seven to fifty-seven. I think Ooh. we take this game. I think we can capitalize off those points off turnovers. I think that's a big key that you know the team is looking at. You know they're licking their lips when they see that this team is three hundred forty-seventh yeah. in turnovers a game. Definitely. Um, so that's something that we have to capitalize on. Uh, I do think we win, but hopefully we can get out of the shooting slump that we've been in. Yeah, this is gonna be the game to kind of put us back on track. And I have a different opinion on how things are going to go. If we do not beat them by 15, it's a loss in my book. This team is bad. And if we don't beat them by 15, then I, I would say that we lose this game. Because this game, that you, we have to come back and show that what we can do. You know what I mean? This That BYU loss was so embarrassing and so just, what the heck is going on? We couldn't, like you said, we couldn't even uncap the basket at all. There was no way. There was, no, there was no way that we were going to be able to put up points. So if we don't win by 15 come Wednesday, mark my words, it is a loss. It is an L, all right? So if we don't beat them by 15, I'm going to say, I say we hold them to around 60. I'll say like 63, but I say we put up like 80 points. All right. So I think I think we're going to come out um, not incredibly hot, but just with a chip on our shoulder. Because remember, after that Davidson game, we came back and whooped on Fordham. We whooped on Valparaiso, and we whooped on Bowling Green. So I think this is going to be kind of the same kind of feel, and we're going to come back, and uh, especially in, in front of our home crowd, uh, $5 entrance. It should be a pretty good turnout. And I think that, um, oh, and it is Christmas sweater night or whatever. Oh, yeah, Christmas ugly, night. ugly Christmas yeah. sweater night. Yes, so, sir. Um, that is still not giving you guys the excuse to wear red. If I see anyone in red, I will tell you to uh, – Leave the premises. No, I'm just, but seriously, uh, don't wear red. People come from the press yes, and yes. tell you to get out. But uh, it is ugly sweater night, so wear your ugly Christmas sweaters. And as we take on Texas Southern, who is playing uh, not very good basketball at the moment, if we don't beat them by 15, Tyler, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose my mind. But it will be a good game to watch come Wednesday, 7 p.m., Lawler Events Center. And then looking even farther ahead, we will preview this game on Friday. We do have a little special guest joining us on Friday as well. Yes, we do. Probably the best, um, I don't even know how you'd put this, the best previewer of games that we play. Constantly putting out great content on Twitter, uh, always highlighting the people that we have to watch out for on the other team, and uh, he'll be able to do that on air come Friday. We play St. Mary's on Saturday at the um what is that the chase center no chase center yeah, yeah chase center yeah, yeah. Chase in, center in, in san, san francisco Fran. so probably i'm i'm guessing a sold out crowd for that one king just won in chase center too last night 100 to 72 so you know what? shout out the sacramento no, kings no 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 i know there's no shout out to the sacramento kings over here right they're playing the warriors all right calm down now they beat them by 20 something and maybe we'll be able to do that against St. Mary's <laughs> when we play there as well. Uh, but St. Mary's, I mean, a really good program. Obviously, yeah. beat Utah State ten and two. We'll be able to give you the full preview on Friday. But like we've been saying, we had this three game stretch. We had to win two out of three to really make it a successful stretch. To to do that, we'd have to beat Texas Southern and St. Mary's. If if that's a big if, we yes. beat Texas Southern and St. Mary's. Is this still a successful three-game stretch, even though what happened against BYU? I think so. I think, you know, if we can bounce back and, you know, beat Texas Southern, obviously, is yeah. the first step in that, and then Definitely. come back and beat St. Mary's. I think St. Mary's 
is a much better opponent than BYU. Um, so if we do take that W, I think that's huge for this team, and I think that BYU loss is just out of their heads. You know, no one's going to talk about the BYU loss if we beat St. Mary's. Definitely. Um, so I think it will still be a successful kind of three-game stretch like we talked about, but it's going to be a tough one. You know, this was the tougher one of the two between BYU and St. Mary's, and, you know, we lost the quote-unquote easier one. Now it's time to, you know, buckle up and, you know, take St. Mary's in a neutral court setting, which is, you know, helpful for this team. Uh, so hopefully we can get some travelers out there. It's going to be a tough game, though. St. Mary's is a very, very good opponent. Yeah. They have scores all around the floor. They have some big men down low that, you know, really create some havoc. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough test for Nevada. But, you know, I'm looking forward to watching it, and, you know, maybe they can pull something out. The late game, too, 9.30 tip. 9.30? Yeah. So at least it's at least the uh, basketball games don't last four and a half hours like the football games do. So, yeah, so we won't be up till midnight, but it's gonna we're gonna be up till like eleven thirty on uh that St. Mary's game when we travel to San Francisco. But ultimately, like I, I agree with you. I think if we beat Texas Southern and then have a close game and beat St. Mary's, I think it's gonna be a successful three game stretch. And that's exactly what we said in the beginning is like if we take two out of the three, it's a very successful three game hard hard stretch of BYU, Texas Southern, and St. Mary's. Only two more non-conference games, Wednesday and Saturday, before we jump back January 1st on Wednesday. Second Mountain West game against Colorado State, January 1st. Last, but definitely not least, I did not forget it this time, we no, have we didn't. Pack Player of the Week. We did a poll to see if you guys still wanted the Pack Player of the Week, even though we only had two sports and you guys wanted it, so we gave it to you guys. And we had a decent turnout, uh, 27 votes. Not the most, but I credit that to having literally no sports taking place on campus as well. But kind of ran away with it, but a little closer than I expected. With 44% of this week's votes, Pac Center's Player of the Week is going to, drumroll please, Jalen Harris who had 15.7 rebounds in that BYU loss. To be honest with you, I would have had to give it to Imani Lacey. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, first career double-double for her, yeah. another 13-point outing against a tough Utah opponent. I'm, I'm giving it to her if it's if it's up to us. But Definitely. I mean, you look at the last two games, 29 points, 14 rebounds. She's absolutely been killing it. And they, like you said, that double-double earlier in the week against Stanislaus State. So... Uh, you know, not the brightest spots for pack basketball, but a lot of room to improve. And I think with these games coming up, we'll be able to see uh, better Wolfpack basketball in the future. Tyler, any last thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, I'm very excited to record on Friday now uh, that our special guest is coming on. I'm yes. actually very, very excited um, to get pick this person's brain a little bit, a very knowledgeable uh, basketball person in the Nevada community knows pretty much everything. Basically, about Wolfpack yeah, basketball. basically. But you know, women's basketball going one and one in the week, not terrible. I love that they kept it close against Utah and they played until the very last buzzer. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that I think attributes a lot to Amanda Levins and her coaching staff and how they're um, kind of teaching these young young players. You know, a lot of sophomores, a lot of freshmen on this team, and then men's basketball just got to bounce back. You know, short term memory is a big thing to have in not just basketball, but a lot of sports. So racing this BYU game, watching the film, you know, washing it out, and then coming out and playing tough against a Texas Southern team that we should be beating. So if we can, you know, secure that, I think the future's looking pretty bright. Yeah, I think, and like I said already, but I think Amanda Levins is going to have them playing their best basketball come Mountain West time. 
and um, same with Coach Alford. And these are two teams that obviously, not obviously, but more than likely aren't going to get at-large bids. Uh-huh. So you have to play your best basketball come Mountain West time, and I think this is what uh, both coaches are going to be able to do with these two teams. Huge game coming up on Wednesday against Tux- Texas Southern. Try to come back and bounce back against that from that BYU loss, and then we look ahead to St. Mary's. Uh, stay tuned, though. Stay glued to our social media as we will announce who the special guest is on this Friday episode as we preview that St. Mary's game. Thank you guys so much for listening and giving us your time. And like always, let's go Pack.